0: Locked On Dolphins, your daily Miami Dolphins podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome everybody to the Wednesday, October 28th edition of Locked On Dolphins. I am your host, Kyle Krabs, and today on the show, we have some news. The news cycle, the trade deadline. Got the Dolphins yesterday. A little bit of rumor mill, And some news this morning, a contract extension given out, uh, which, to the delight of, I'm sure, some of you is going to impact the way that we do mock drafts for the Dolphins for the 2021 offseason. Today's episode is brought to you by Pepsi. Thanks to a lack of natural athleticism or commitment or overbearing sports parents, fewer than 1% of 1% of 1% of people will ever play professional football. But instead of entering into the NFL... You've been entered into another league, the League of Football Watchers. This football season will be different, and Pepsi is here to get you ready for game day, no matter how you watch this season. Because Pepsi is a refreshment you need to power through game day. It isn't made for those who play the game. It's made for those who watch it. Pepsi. Made for football watching. News breaking this morning, courtesy of ESPN's Adam Schefter that the Miami Dolphins have agreed to a two-year contract extension with tight end Adam Shaheen. Shaheen came to the Dolphins this summer for a conditional seventh-round pick, effectively being given away by the Chicago Bears after repeated investments on that football team to the tight end position, Shaheen turning out to be quite the steal for the Dolphins, the terms of the contract. According to Schefter, two-year contract extension with a maximum value of $7.85 million, including $3.2 million in fully guaranteed money. His deal was set to expire at the end of the season. This is a win for the Dolphins in that, if you review what Adam Shaheen has been, particularly since the injury to Durham Smythe, he's been a prominent part of both efforts for the Dolphins. He was effective in run blocking against San Francisco. And he was effective in that role also against the New York Jets. But, just as importantly, he's caught touchdowns in each of his last two games. His career high for touchdowns in a season is three. We're entering week eight, and he has two. Adam Shaheen has found himself a nice little role on this Dolphins offense. And and while I do think there is opportunities to upgrade this position to find truly special mismatch players, such as Penn State's Pat Frymuth in the 2021 NFL Draft, it seems as though the Dolphins have seen enough from Shaheen already to understand that we are ready to graduate this experiment into an investment. And that's why you've seen the Dolphins make sure they've moved quickly to lock Adam Shaheen in through the end of the 2022 season. As you review the tape, of the Dolphins' tight end room, I know there's a lot of concerns about the production and lack of consistency specifically in production for Mike Gusecki. I'd say this. When you chart the usage of these players, Adam Shaheen slash Durham Smythe do not play the same position as Mike Gusecki. Mike Gusecki may have T.E. next to his name, but he is a tight end in name only. Approximately 80% of his snaps this season, Mike Gusecki's, come as a slot receiver or an outside wide receiver. 80%. He is not a dude who's going to play with his hand in the dirt. Durham Smythe, Adam Shaheen, these are the players who will be playing with their hand in the dirt, who are going to try to step down on defensive end and double-team with offensive tackle to soften an angle so that the pulling guard can kick the M man on the line of scrimmage out and create a big gap when the Dolphins run their counter game, or their power game. Red zone offense, Mike Gusecki obviously has a role to play. So does the traditional Y tight end, as evidenced by both Durham Smythe and Adam Shaheen catching touchdowns. Against the Jets, and Shaheen caught one the week before as well. This gets into the, I think one of the main points of emphasis for the Dolphins as a team and team building is is looking for unselfish football players, because any tight end that wants to be the best, it may sit here and say, well, no, I want the tight end reps in the red zone, I want to have the alignment to run the flat route when the Dolphins run play action or this little kind of quasi-triple option that they've run a couple times where it's you've got the tight end on the flat, you got the quarterback on the roll coming out of the mesh point, and then whoever's the backside, whether it's slot receiver or backside-back when they go two backs in the backfield, kind of runs like a pitch, a, uh, a shovel pass rail on the inside. So you can throw outside, you can keep it yourself, you can uh, pitch an inside kind of shovel past it inside. It's a cool concept. We have not seen the Dolphins take advantage of that inside rail yet, but it's there. It was there early in the season, and it was there uh, once again against San Francisco back in week five. But the Dolphins, if you have unselfish football players, players like Mike Kisecki, who are more excited for Durham might to score a touchdown than when he himself scores a touchdown, that's cool. And that's the kind of chemistry that your room is going to need if the dolphins are going to be a spread the wealth. because at the end of the day, putting Mike Kasecchi with his hand in the dirt to be the front side tight end in the red zone when things are congested and you get heavy and you got you're collisioned off the, the snap and release and you try and got to play through contact to get onto the second level or get out in the flat, that's not where Mike wins. It's just not its not where he's best utilized. So this other tight end role as we continue on here on Locked on Dolphins to champion for more 12 personnel. I don't know if this means that Durham Smythe is kind of on the chopping block and the Dolphins are still receptive to upgrading that other inline tight end position, or if this means they envision Adam Shaheen to be that player. Durability was one of the big questions for Shaheen, and he's done well thus far through the first half of the season to be available for the Dolphins as needed, whether you're talking about 18 to 20 snaps or you're talking 35 to 40 snaps, which depending on the week, that's what you get from Adam Shaheen right now. But to trade a conditional seventh-round pick and then halfway through a season see enough to say, yes, this guy's clearly talented, we want to lock him in because we think this inline wide tight end position, which is not the same possession that Mike Koseki plays, is a good usage and roll for him. Let's roll with that. That's a win for the Dolphins. And at the end of the day, it is so incredibly easy, you could pick up the phone on draft day, sneeze, and come up with an extra seventh round pick to replace the pick he gave away for Shaheen. And that's the thing, as this team gets through the early portions of their life cycle and they become more of a competitive football team, investments like the one from Shaheen, you'd like to see this team make more of, because this is what can happen. You can find yourself a really nice role player worth hanging on to for very cheap rockauto.com is a family business who's been providing auto parts customers with high quality service online for the past 20 years so whether you're looking for engine control modules or brake parts or taillights motor oil whatever for your classic or daily driver rockauto.com has everything you need in one easy to navigate catalog and in just a few clicks you can get everything delivered directly to your front door Best of all, prices at rockauto.com are the same for both professionals and do-it-yourselfers, so why would you shop anywhere else and spend up to twice as much for the same parts? So visit rockauto.com for all of your auto parts needs, and write locked on in their how-did-you-hear-about-us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, and all of the parts your car will ever need at rockauto.com. Dolphins in the headlines yesterday for a whirlwind of an hour. <laughs> uh, the news first came from the Sun-Sentinel uh, that the Dolphins were, quote, uh, fielding trade offers for cornerback Xavier Howard. Uh, that obviously kick-started a firestorm. The The report, which came from uh, Omar Kelly, indicated that there was at least one offer on the table for Xavier Howard, uh, and Omar is standing by his sources. And um, the Dolphins clapped back pretty hard against this, uh, courtesy of Barry Jackson of the Miami Herald. And there was no animosity between either the Sentinel or the Herald. They, they said they have respect for each other and, and how they do their business. And uh, But interesting to see such a massive swing, depending on what resource you subscribe to. Uh, Barry Jackson said... The Dolphins provided him with an, a legitimate statement regarding this potential report that they were trading Xavier Howard. And here's what it had to say. The report in the South Florida Sun Sentinel is factually inaccurate and based on rumors. The paper practiced poor journalism by not reaching out to the team for comment or the chance to respond to the story. We are not exploring any trades for Xavier Howard. Jackson then quote tweets it and says... For perspective on this, Adam Beasley and I were told this morning that a couple of teams had inquired about Xavier Howard to Miami. We spoke to the team and chose not to report until a fuller picture and details emerged about the likelihood of him actually being traded. So, at the end of the day, both sides of the fence can technically be right here, and I think they were. The Dolphins, Chris is never going to hang up the phone. Hey, it's Chris, what's going on? Hey, yeah, we're calling about uh, Tua Tungavailoa, click. Maybe do it for Tua, I don't know. (laughs) But Chris is going to hear what you have to say, because this is how the Laramie Tunsil deal came to be. And is anybody sitting here saying, gee whiz, I wish we hadn't taken the Laramie Tunsil trade? Right now, are you looking at the Houston Texans right now? Does anybody still wish we had Laramie Tunsil versus the assets we're getting from Houston? So, yeah, if you're going to make us a godfather offer for a player, everybody's got a price. I tried to gauge what that was on on the Locked On Dolphins account yesterday and got some incredible responses for what your price as fans would be for Xavier Howard. We'll get into that in just a sec. So, Chris, teams call—it's not like Chris is calling teams up. Teams are calling Chris, hey, we're trying to get over the top. You've got some good corners in your room. How available is Xavier Howard? That dude makes a lot of plays. Chris, well, this is paraphrasing. Of course, I don't know how Chris handled these conversations. Yeah, he's, he's probably not available. Why? What do you got for me? If it's a two, I'm ha- I'm laughing, hanging up the phone. So presumably, the Sun Sentinel hears that report. Runs it. It's a story. Well, the Dolphins, you know, they've taken phone calls about Xavier Howard. They're fielding offers. Somebody offered the Dolphins something. From the Herald side of things, well, Dolphins took calls on Xavier Howard. But let's check with Chris Greer see how likely this is to happen, or check with the Dolphins. Maybe not necessarily Chris Greer specifically. And uh, they dropped the hammer on it pretty quick. And then the news dropped. And and obviously, this does run the risk of being a, a harmful incident for player relations with Miami uh, if there's a violated level of trust there between the team and the player. Uh, so I think that's why you saw the Dolphins approach axing this with such swiftness and little gray area. Uh, I forget who it was. some One of the Dolphins' beat said, you know, they made the point to say before the Laramie Tunsil deal, uh, Brian Flores says there's no deal in place right now. Well, in this situation, they're saying, we are not exploring any trades regarding Zavian Howard. Very little gray area to kind of instill confidence in Zavian that, yes, you know, you're one of our guys. We drafted you. We paid you. We like what you're doing. We want you to be here. But when this first dropped before the, the Miami Herald had the statement from the team, I'm sitting here asking myself, what would the motivation be to do this now? Because this is a Dolphins team who we presume feels everything that they want is out in front of them. And I came up with a couple different hypotheticals of, well, if they had, or if they were exploring a deal for, for Howard, it would say, kind of echo the pessimistic viewpoint on the quarterback change in that the long-term picture for the Dolphins is more important than the year 2020, which I personally don't subscribe to. But that would have been the messaging the Dolphins sent if they were exploring trades for Xavier Howard. The other opportunity here for Miami, if they were exploring, which they've said they're not, and I choose to believe them in this case, because there's no reason to think not, uh, but it would have been the only way I could have justified it as far as the here and now and the long-term, and not just sacrificing the 2020 season for the long-term forecast of the team, is if you could sell high. You know, the Dolphins have been around Xavier Howard since 2016 when he came into the league. He's had knee issues, prominent knee issues that have cost him games every single year. I think every year but one. He's missed a significant amount of time. He's healthy now. He's playing at a high level now. He's getting paid top 10 corner money now. So if you believe that Zavian Howard cannot stay healthy in the long term, and you want to explore the opportunity to cash out high, that would have been a justification for this trade. That is not happening. But it's worth discussing and trying to put ourselves into that headspace. Clearly, the the Dolphins, based on their language, have no interest in, in selling high, and this is more so an identity of this football team. Which is good, because when it's worked and when they've been together, they've been a dominant quarterback duo, he and Byron Jones. That is a backbone of this team. And this defense. So, as I was kind of processing this yesterday, I kind of put myself into, why would this have happened? Obviously teams are looking for X factors, no pun intended, to kind of put them over the top and position themselves for a postseason run. And apparently some teams out there still think the Dolphins have sucker tattooed on their forehead. Because if you're calling a 3-3 three and three team that's a game and a half behind the Buffalo Bills and the AFC East coming off their bye week, inserting a top-five overall pick in a quarterback, and playing really good complementary football all around, you must think they're stupid. Or you must be desperate. And if you're desperate, more power to you. The Dolphins took advantage of a desperate team In 2019 with the Houston Texans, and if somebody wanted to come and give a godfather offer and knock our socks off, the needs of the many outweigh the needs of the few. And the Dolphins did have a first-round cornerback in Noah Igbenogany waiting in the wings, who, granted, has not played well when he was forced into more prominent action without Byron Jones but nevertheless is a first-round pick for the team, so you would assume there is a big role for him in their eyes in the future. Pretty fascinating stuff, uh, but it seems as though it's, it's, it's a lot of all-for-not at this point in time. Uh, the Dolphins, pretty strong language, suggesting that there, there is no substance to a trade. You can't prevent teams from calling you and asking, and you should do your due diligence and listen to the phone call. But the Dolphins don't have any interest in trading Saving Howard. Built Bar is a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. And I'm not interested in trading any of these things either out of my cabin. These things are delicious, up to 200 calories, but no more, and up to 20 grams of protein in these protein bars that taste like whether it's, you know, you can liken them depending on. Uh, what what flavor you get. You kind of get a Snickers vibe. You can also get a Three Musketeers kind of vibe as far as the consistency of these things. They're delicious. Up to 18 flavors to choose from. So whether you're looking for something post-workout, something easy to eat on the go, if you're rushing out the door, uh, a healthy snack throughout the day, something that's keto-friendly, BuiltBar.com has your inventory awaiting you. And they have something for everybody. So go to BuiltBar.com. Use promo code locked on and you can save 20% off your next order. That's billbar.com promo code locked on to save 20% off your next order. Speaking of our dear old friends, the Buffalo Bills, I was overviewing the um the remaining schedule for all teams across the NFL. Tankathon.com has this remaining strength of schedule for the games left on the board. The higher your strength of schedule is, the more difficult it is. The Dolphins check in just based purely on win percentage at 22nd in the NFL, which means they have a bottom 12 scheduled difficulty remaining for their final 10 football games. Their toughest games, Kansas City Chiefs, 5-2 and two Bills, 5-2 Rams, 5-2 and two Cardinals. Everybody else is 500 or worse at this point in time. So six games against 500 or less. Our friends in Buffalo thought this was interesting. They have nine games left, so they have a half-game advantage on the Dolphins just because they've played the game. Seventh most difficult strength of schedule left in the NFL. Seventh. Out of the AFC North. The Dolphins get to play the Cincinnati Bengals. Buffalo has to play the Pittsburgh Steelers for the who are the NFL's only remaining undefeated team. Miami's already played Seattle. The Bills have not. Miami's already played San Francisco, team with a winning record. Dolphins win, by the way. Buffalo is not. Miami has already played the Patriots once, and that is a team with a losing record. But With a divisional opponent, I'm not going to write that off with Bill Belichick as being an easy, quote-unquote, easy game. That's not a hard, or it's not an easy game. Bills have to play him twice, including this week. The Dolphins only have to play him once. Big advantage. Now, Buffalo has played the Chiefs and Rams already. They went one and one in those two football games. Can the Dolphins do the same thing? That comes down to this weekend. The Bills, by the way, have played the Jets twice already. The Dolphins still have a game remaining against the Jets. So it's quite clear to see the discrepancy in the strength of schedule remaining, and the Dolphins are in striking distance. Best case scenario, we see the Patriots win this week against the Bills to drop the Bills to 5-3, and three, and the Dolphins defeat the Rams to move to 4-3. and three. And then that really sets the table because that is going to continue to further push the discrepancy between these two teams. Because the Bills will be playing a 2-4 football team and the Dolphins will be playing a 5-2 football team. So after this week, Miami's schedule is going to get even easier and the Bills' schedule is going to get even harder. So if you're a half a game behind with a head-to-head left on on the schedule still, and that discrepancy continues to, do, to grow. It's a win for the Dolphins. So everybody knows what to root for this weekend, right? The Texans are off. So there's no need to root for anything from a Houston perspective. We are, strictly speaking, looking at Dolphins win, Patriots win. Ugh, yeah, it's fine. We, tr- we rooted for the, the Jets last week against the Bills. It didn't work out great. That's fine. What I want to close with today is I want to overview 82 responses on what is the minimum compensation you would require to trade Xavier Howard. I asked the hypothetical. I know, and I knew it wasn't happening. But, since the conversation was started, and since this was something that was asked by you guys, the fans, no less than six months ago, you were asking me about this on this show, was curious what it would require. Got a lot of analogies to the Tunsil deal. Uh, A one and a three, but even then I probably wouldn't do it, one fan said. A one from a below average team, Uh, but that's the thing. If a team's going to be trading for X at this point in time, they're not going to be in a below average team. The teams that buy at the deadline are 500 or better because they think they can win and get to the postseason and make a postseason run. So I don't think you're going to see, like, I mean, maybe the Dallas Cowboys because that division is trash. But I don't think you're going to see a team that's picking in the top 10 or projected currently to pick in the top 10 trying to buy Xavier Howard at the trade deadline. That doesn't make a lot of sense. Especially because the Dolphins would be selling high as a team that's 500 right now. So, you're talking about Would Kansas City be interested? Would Pittsburgh be interested? Would Cleveland maybe be interested as an interesting team? Would the Packers be interested? Would the Saints be interested with Marshawn Lattimore as an expiring contract for them? And Xavier Howard already locked in. Those are the kinds of teams that, like you'd expect, would be buying at the trade deadline. I'm sure the Bills would be interested, but we'd tell them to pounce in no matter what. What hurts the trade value here as well is the Patriots are rumored to be shopping Stephon Gilmore, <laughs> reigning NFL Defensive Player of the Year and son to Devontae Parker, reportedly also being shopped. And I love X. X is super productive. I do think Stephon Gilmore is a better cornerback than what Savion Howard is, and the Patriots have a reason to sell at 2-4. and four. And two of their next three are against the Bills and the Ravens. So we could see this thing go sideways for New England very quickly to the degree in which, like, they're three and six. Good. I hope it happens. But the general consensus was we need multiple ones, Laramie Tunsil-type deal, multiple picks, including a one at a minimum and an additional top 100 pick. And I agree with you. I agree with you all. If you are going to make this trade as a team in Miami's position right now, it has to be so ungodly lopsided in your favor that you cannot say no, that you'd have to be crazy to say no for the long-term benefit that's going to come. This is not, oh, well, we have a fairly competent player that can step in behind him and we'll perform at a similar level. I don't know if you can It'd be extremely unfair to Noah Igbenogany to expect him to step in and take Xavier Howard's role in the starting lineup and play at a similar level, much like it was very unfair for anyone to expect him to step into Byron Howard's role in the defense and play at a similarly high level earlier in the season. It's just not realistic. I don't expect we're going to get a godfather offer. Especially when you got Stefan Gilmore out there, who I believe is an expiring contract. My producer's pulling that up right now. I'll let you know in a sec. No, he has one year left after this year. Cap hit is $17 million next year. His cap hit this year is $25 million. Holy cow. Uh, base salary, roster bonus. Anybody who trades for Stefan Gilmore can have him under contract next year and pay him $7.5 million. And the Patriots are going to be on the hook for uh, about $15 million in dead cap. Okay, go ahead, trade him, please. So, all for naught. Doesn't seem likely. I don't think we'll see it happen. But an interesting day, nonetheless, as a Dolphins fan, to kind of sit back and watch this story evolve from hey, this is happening, to hey, this kind of happened, but not really the way it was framed, to this isn't happening. (laughs) But if it did, I thought this was a worthwhile conversation to have because so many fans asked me in the offseason, is the plan to have these two guys be here together, or is the plan here to have Byron Jones take Xavier Howard's role in the secondary? And how does Noah Igbenogany fit into the puzzle? For now seems as though they want their cake and they want to eat it too. And they're willing to pay these dudes to have an elite secondary. And let's hope they keep playing to the degree in which they have the last month. Because if they do, they will have an elite secondary. Kyle Krabs signing off. Thanks as always for listening to Locked on Dolphins. I hope you guys enjoyed today's show. I certainly enjoyed talking a little bit about the tight end position. A little bit about the cornerback position. Trade rumor mill. Uh, so we got two more shows left this week. I will be in attendance at Sunday's game. So if you guys are in the area, reach out. I've had a couple of guys reach out already. Somebody suggested, you know, you should do something at Hard Rock. Uh, with, with the COVID protocols and stuff like that, I can't do anything. You know, there's no tailgating. There's no pregame stuff. It's That's that's not how we're going to be able to say hello. And I would like the opportunity to say, say hello, to anybody in the area who's going to be there for the game. So, whether that means we meet at an outside location in which we can stay distant and safe and say hello and talk a little Dolphins football, that's what we'll do. So, if anybody has any ideas, love to hear from you. Reach out. I'm at grinding the tape on Twitter, or you can reach out to Locked On Fins. Look forward to this Sunday's game, of course, the start of the Tua era. And I look forward to meeting some of you along the way. And I look forward to what is left this week on the show. So hit subscribe, keep it locked in right here on Locked on Dolphins. Thanks, as always, for listening.